Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. I'm Ernesto Sambrano. Today's article is by various authors from the February 2022 edition of GQ. Antiheroes, Part 1. Please note, this is a men's magazine and as such may include offensive topics or language. From Iverson and Kyrgios to Vic and Zidane, we present the greatest living renegades, rebels, and mavericks in the history of global sports. When you're young, you're told to be like the star on the Wheaties box, the MVP, the all-American hero. But sometime later, in your early teenage years, maybe a different, darker shade of athletic superstar takes hold in your mind. The punks and the bad boys, the uncoachable hotheads, the men who mirror your own angst and inner rebellion. You're 16 years old and totally transfixed by ski god Bode Miller, missing the podium, but making the party. The sphinx-like Zyndine Zidane, inexplicably headbutting an Italian defender in the last gesture of his career. The mulleted John Daly, teeing off with a Marlboro in his mouth. As long as there have been sports, there have been athletes with the swagger to defy convention those who played only by rules they wrote for themselves. And in doing so, they've updated more than merely the game. They've changed the culture. To management and commissioners and coaches and agents, they are often nightmares. But to the fans, they are something like gods, even when they play like devils. They remain the people's champs, and the most human heroes of all. Number 1. Zyndine Zidane by Eric Wills If you saw it live, you can still picture it all these years later. The sudden lowering of the shoulder and forward thrust. The terse exchange with the referee after the red card. The ignominious walk off the pitch past the trophy in waiting. Zyndine Zidane's shocking headbutt of Marco Materazzi in the waning minutes of the 2006 World Cup final. Italy prevailed over Zidane's French squad on penalty kicks. Marked the end of a career defined as much by the sublime as the despicable. Eight years earlier, Zidane the son of Algerian immigrants, had tasted World Cup glory, leading a multiracial French team to victory over Brazil. With one World Cup, he unified a fractured nation, Men in Blazers co-host Roger Bennett told GQ. His two headers in the 1998 final shattered the myth of Brazilian invincibility and utterly silenced the French right wing. And then he used another World Cup to tear all that largesse right down. We're left trying to square the moments of astonishing artistry with those of deplorable rage. The man capable of producing an exquisite left-footed volley to win the 2002 Champions League also racked up 14 career red cards, including one for another headbutt, in 2000, of Hamburg player Joe Chen Kientz, a haunting foreshadowing of his final moments on the pitch. Number 2. Trey Young by Tyler R. Tynes Philadelphia, Hawks vs. Sixers Game 1 of the second round of the 2021 NBA playoffs. Atlanta's Trey Young had shut down Madison Square Garden days before, and now, as Hawks fans cheered his every bucket like the rapture was imminent, the message was clear. Trey was the league's most delightful new villain, and this was his coming out party. He plays like he was born to be bad. The disheveled hair, the fuck you threes from the logo, even the twerk of his limbs, the thrill of contorting his body to draw the nastiest fouls on his opponents. Philadelphia is supposed to be the city of underdogs, and here's Knuckles the Enchidna nutmegging grown men with his crossovers, daring someone to check him into the cheap seats. There's something beautiful about watching a lawbreaker get away with his crimes, 
And in the NBA, there is no bolder anti-hero right now than Trey Young. If this is the future of the game, bring it on. Number 3. Daryl Strawberry by Clay Skipper When I reflect, I'm like, man, you were pretty crazy back then, says Daryl Strawberry, almost 60 and decades removed from his years as a hard-partying, hard-playing outfielder. He was crazy, crazy good. The first pick in the 1980 Major League Baseball draft, Strawberry used his wiry 6'6 frame to blast 335 career homers, becoming an 8-time All-Star and 4-time World Series champion, winning with both the Mets and the Yankees. Though he says the New York fans brought out the best in him. I loved the fact that fans would boo you when you sucked, he says. The New York lifestyle didn't always. He was suspended three times for substance abuse and admitted to entertaining ladies in the clubhouse between innings. Everything is different on the East Coast because everything on the East Coast stays open 24-7, says Strawberry. I went to the club at night and didn't come out till 8 in the morning, and I got a ball game that afternoon. Back then, Strawberry says he was broken, lost, and living a life completely all wrong, off the field. Now he's almost 20 years sober, a pastor, and has started a ministry and a foundation to help children with autism. So what advice would he give his 18-year-old self? Listen to your mother. Number 4. Kyle Troop by Chris Gayomali Kyle Troop didn't set out to buck convention. The afroed son of bowling legend Guppy Troop, he picked up the sport when he was just three years old. So he did what all kids that age do. He grabbed the ball with two hands and let it rip down the lane. And then he did it again, and again, for the rest of his life. I had to bowl two-handed because I didn't have enough strength to bowl one-handed, says Troop would sometimes catch flack from traditionalists who thought his style was goofy, perhaps even unmanly. But luckily for me, as I got older, my father never tried to change my style. He stuck with it. Bowling with two hands gave him more control, more power, more rotations per minute. And now, he's not only one of the highest earners in the bowling world, he's also part of a new vanguard changing the sport. 20-25 years ago, nobody really knew about two-handed bowling, he says proudly. Fast forward to today, 60% of all youth bowlers are probably bowling two-handed. As for his wild fits, bright blue pants, shirts with flames, that's all thanks to Dad, too. Guppy wore wild pants, very wild designs back in the 80s. It's a troop tradition. Number 5. Allen Iverson by Skip Bayless Allen Iverson's breakthrough moment came at the 1997 All-Star Game in Cleveland. He wore cornrows. That was huge says journalist Chris Broussard, who covered that game. In the black community, that was just a natural hairstyle. But the thought had always been, when you step into white America, you had to play the game, tone it down. Now it was like, wow, this dude is really bringing black into mainstream America. Allen's message was, be yourself. He was merging hip-hop and basketball. That was a first. Iverson, known for his ankle-breaking crossover dribble, had crossed the cultures of the game he lived for and the music he lived by. He was also simply being Allen Iverson, a product of Newport News, Virginia. Newport Bad News, as it was called by residents of its projects. His whole career, Iverson did it his way. Lived his way. Dressed his way. Played his way. He owned every dribble of his life with an honesty his haters could never deny. His famous rant about missing practice is much quoted. A final salvo to reporters near the end of that press conference is less remembered. I bleed like y'all. Did he ever. Such heart this man has. Number 6. Kieran Pollard by Che Curian. 
The latest in Trinidad and Tobago's storied line of cricketers, Kieran Pollard is renowned for his volcanic power. Built like a heavyweight boxer, he holds the bat like a broom in his mammoth grip. Last March, he became one of three batsmen to hit six sixes in an international over when he smashed the hapless Sri Lankan spinner, Akila Dananjaya, to all parts of Antigua's Coolidge cricket ground. At 34, Pollard is celebrated as a hero, yet he was long cast as a villain, a mercenary who prioritized club over country, focusing on the lucrative T20 format of the game. Raised by a single mother in a tough town outside Port of Spain, Pollard made the hard choices in his career he needed to in order to survive. The rise of T20 cricket over the past decade coincided with his emergence, and he plied his trade in leagues across the world, becoming a lavishly compensated star. The criticism against him wasn't fair at all, says Trinidad and Tobago's national cricket coach, David Furlong. Cricket is no longer just a sport, it's a livelihood. It's also how Kieran has looked after his family. Number 7. Bode Miller by Clay Skipper Just how bad was Bode Miller's bad boy image? Bad enough that his own uncle called him the greatest underachieving ski racer in history. Bad enough that his most famous Olympic moment didn't come on the slopes, but when he told a reporter, after missing the podium in 06, that at least he got to party and socialize at an Olympic level. As Miller, now 44, reflects, there were certainly moments where I was defiant for the sake of being defiant, but we're talking less than 1% of the time. What looked like defiance, he says, was authenticity. The American public wanted as many medals as possible, a priority that Miller didn't share. If I blew out my knee racing, I didn't want to look back and be like, dang, I should have done something different. I wanted people to see me enjoying my life and having a party and charging. Charging meant attacking every downhill, even if it cost him the race. I raced 450 World Cups, he says. I crashed in 200 plus of them, but he still won six Olympic medals. Am I proud of what I did and how I did it? He asks. The answer is a resounding yes. Number 8. Nick Kyrgios by Samuel Hine I haven't had a coach for about five years now says Nick Kyrgios, the 26-year-old Aussie tennis star whose untamed playing style has made him one of the most controversial players in the gentleman's sport. Kyrgios has a booming serve and a fearsome forehand, weapons that have helped him take down the big three on multiple occasions, and he's done so while putting on a show nearly every time he steps on the court. Hitting cheeky underhand serves, physics-defying tweeners, and overhead jump smashers that rival Vince Carter's dunks and flamboyance. He says he's always wanted to bridge the gap between the exciting NBA and boring tennis. Coaches tried to straighten him out for years and mitigate his occasional on-court meltdowns, but Kyrgios only knows one way to play, like himself. I'm just on my own wavelength, man. I don't really give a fuck about what the media says or anything like that. I'm just trying to be better every day. I just always wanted to be myself out there. Number 9. Cam Newton by Tyler R. Tynes He's the NFL's most defiant provocateur in the pocket, the modern black quarterback who set football on fire. A man like that is bound to come with a slew of haters, but Newton smiles through it all. Being around Cam, there's an immediate gravity and energy you haven't felt before, says Marshall Newhouse, an offensive tackle who used to block for Newton on the Carolina Panthers. If you're around football long enough, you grow up expecting this corporate CEO type at quarterback. That's what most owners want, someone buttoned up and mostly white, but Cam... Cam just broke the mold. Number 10. Luis Suarez by Eric Wills It wasn't just the biting. As shocking as it was to see Uruguayan soccer star Luis Suarez 
attacked the shoulder of the Italian Giorgio Cialini like a plate of ribs during the 2014 World Cup, the third such time he had chomped down on the opposition. It was also the dramatic diving and the devilish handball in the 2010 World Cup that denied Ghana a sure goal and led to Uruguay's quarterfinal victory, and the racially charged row with Manchester United's Patrice Evra that earned him an eight-game ban. Off the pitch, he was shy, sweet even. On the pitch, he transformed into something else entirely, something even his wife didn't recognize. He was as close as world football has had for a long time to a WWF-level wrestling heel, Roger Bennett told GQ but a wrestling heel capable of sublime moments of otherworldly football domination. Suarez won the European Golden Shoe twice, interrupting Ronaldo and Messi's stranglehold on the award, but you could never be sure what you would get, a wonder goal or something more sinister. There is a sense in South American football that the ends justify the means, said Bennett. It was the mental side of his game, the Gara Charua, the warrior spirit that would take him to some pretty dark places. That brings us to the end of today's article, Antiheroes, Part 1. If you want to learn more about Airzilla and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our webpages. If you like what you see or hear, please click the like button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print impaired listeners. In unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ernesto Sambrano, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thanks for listening.